Welcome to the Police Fit Podcast, where applicants and serving officers can learn how to smash their fitness test and regain their health. With over 11 years' experience in the fitness industry and 17 years' service in the military and as a first responder, your host, Brad Williams, shares his experience and expertise in helping applicants get their dream job and serving members regain their health. Learn how to increase your health and fitness with actionable steps for first responders by a first responder. So please enjoy this episode of the Police Fit Podcast. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Firstly, thank you for everyone that submitted questions this week. We had a fair few come through. Um, I will send you a message after I finish recording this uh, with the episode and your discount link to the Armory, which is our membership site. So thank you very much for that. I know I talk about this a lot, but um, your questions are what makes the podcast. So thank you. Uh, the first one um, this week's from Crystal. Basically, COVID screws screws up training. How to get back to the level you were before you got the spicy cough. Um, so basically... This is a great question. Obviously, heaps of people have got COVID or had it recently. Um, I just had COVID three weeks ago. So I'm just going to talk about basically how it's affected me and what I've done to get back into my training. Um, and I'm still a little, I don't know if you heard me take a breath in, but I'm still a little bit out of breath, still um, struggling with it a little bit. And that's three weeks on. So first things first, and like anything, when you become ill, just ease back into it. Um, just same as general illness, but your lung capacity would have taken a hit for the majority of people. Some people it hasn't affected, but um, for the majority of people that I've spoken to um, have really taken a hit with their cardio. Um, I would I would just take a bit of time off. Um, like I had, I took probably four days off training. I was quite sick for the first couple of days. And then I just eased back into it. a lot of my training sessions was like just 20 minutes on the echo bike, 10 seconds on, 20 seconds off. And even with that 10 seconds on, it was probably at like a 60% capacity. I wasn't really pushing that hard. I just wanted to stay consistent with my training. Um, so I didn't completely stop training. Just for, I did for like four days, um, but just took it real easy. Like a, a few of my weight sessions, I just did, you know, a set of, a set of push, a set of pull, a set of core, and then a set on my legs. Um, just real easy, just easing back into it. Um, like, as I said, I had it three weeks ago and still my cardio sessions, I'm at about 70% now. Um, and I, I just managed my training around that. I went back to jujitsu on Monday. That was my first session in three weeks. Um, and, and I just managed just to ease into it. I did you know, I, I skipped a couple of rounds. Um, you know, if, if I train for, say, 60 minutes, I might miss out on maybe two, one or two uh, six-minute rounds. Um, whereas when I trained the other day, I think I sat out of about three, maybe four rounds. Um, and one of the guys that I trained with consistently, um, I, I did my second round with him and I was talking to him about it. And he said, yeah, I, I noticed your, your breathing was obviously labored. Like, you know, I was really really struggling. Whereas normally my fitness, I'm, I'm pretty good for that six minutes. Um, like obviously I'm still shit. Um, so I, I do still struggle, but he, yeah, he noticed my breathing was definitely a lot labored um, during that training. And at home, what I'm doing is just basically instead of hitting, you know, a 40, a 40 to 60 minute session, I've just been doing doubles. So two, two sessions is 20 to 30 minutes. 
um, you know, one session a focus on strength and the other ones are focused on cardio. Whereas generally what I would do with my training is normally have that, you know, strength and conditioning within that one session. Um, but I'm finding I'm just having to do that, you know, strength in the morning, like I did a strength session this morning. And then this afternoon, I'll do a bit of work on the echo bike. I'm just breaking up the session um, just because I know after that 30 minute mark, I'm just struggling a bit um, with my breathing and just not getting the most out of that session if I pushed it, <clears throat> sorry, if I pushed it for too long. So just something to think about there. Um, as far as my strength goes, my one rep max really hasn't changed. Um, just my muscular endurance has taken a hit. And I think that's just due, due to my breathing during the sessions, a bit labored and I'm not getting the oxygen in. Um, I'm probably about 70% for my lung capacity at the moment for what I'm normally used to. Um, just be aware that when you have had COVID, you can still be quite sick for like, I was I was still quite sick for, you know, two weeks after when I initially tested positive. Um, yeah, I was still training through that time, but I was very deliberate with my training, very deliberate with what I was doing with the movements, making sure that I wasn't pushing myself. Um, be very cautious. You don't push yourself too hard getting back into it and make yourself sick again. Same like any kind of illness, exact same rules apply. Um, but just something to think about there. So a really good question there. Um, next one's from Piper. Now, I'm not sure if this really uh, counts for fitness, uh, which is fine. I cover everything, fitness, mindset, nutrition, etc. cetera. Um, what would be, it would be nice to hear uh, what are some of the, sorry, I'll start this again, sorry. Uh, not sure if this really counts for fitness, but it would be nice to hear what you thought some of the hardest things about being a cop were and how you handled it, both on and off the job. Um, I heard a lot of mixed opinions from ex-cops. Some loved their time and some hated um, the majority of it. So what I'm going to talk about is um, the pros and cons or just five pros and cons, which I thought about. Um, and I'll just quickly cover off basically um, how I handled, handled it both on and off the job was just pretty much through training and nutrition and, you know, being in touch with how I was feeling. Um, my mindset really helped me manage um, my my motivation and levels for the job. Um, you'll go through times like any employment where you're like, fuck, I love this. And other times you hate it. And that's regardless of what job you're in, you'll go through that. Um, I, I know for myself, I'm mentally in the right space when I'm spending quality time with my family, not just time, talking quality time and my new train training and nutrition's on point. Um, that's when I'm that's when I'm at my best. So that was one of my big focuses when I was, you know, outside of work. So I'll just talk about five cons um, that I I noticed when I was in. And some of these cons actually switch over to pros as well. And I'll just talk about a few of them. So one of them was attending critical incidents. So this does take its toll, um, especially, the, especially the ones that have a big impact and stay with you. Um, you know, I've spoken about it before in the past. You know, I've been to a few incidents you know, in the past couple of years that involve children. And those are the kind of things that really stick with me. Um, and so it's a definite kind of the job. Um, shift work. So it does make it difficult to get into a good sleep, sleep routine. Um, especially when you have nights thrown in there as well. 
Um, the other thing is too, you do miss out on a lot of activities, especially if you have kids at school and their sports, et cetera, on the weekends. Um, I'll notice, especially these last two years with my daughter starting school, before it was fine, like with the shift work, you know, I had all this time with them during the week. We'd go to the zoo when it wasn't busy, et cetera. Um, but these past two years with her going to school Monday to Friday, I do miss out on a lot over the weekends. Um, so that's something to think about. The job does involve a lot of ass covering. Um, basically, everything you do is from a point of, okay, how can I cover my ass at this job? What boxes do I need to tick? Like, obviously, you're there to do the job and like you've been trained and complete the job, but also all the time in the back of your mind, okay, okay, what do I need to do to cover my ass if things go wrong here? Every decision you make, you know, you're going to be scrutinized over and it's not scrutinized at the time. It's scrutinized by some people that weren't even fucking there that have had, you know, six, 12 months to sit there and think about it and look over every single possibility scenario um, about a split decision you've had to make within one eighth of a second, you know? So everything you do is ass covering. Um, the other thing is too public, the public's always filming you. So wherever you are, regardless, everyone's got a camera these days in their phones. So just think about, okay, what am I doing? How would this look on camera? And I've spoken about this before, like every, every arrest I've done, if you just, or not every arrest, but the majority of arrests I've done where they've been, you know, a violent offender or, you know, put up some resistance. If you just filmed the arrest component, it probably looks like police brutality. Um, so just understand that everything you do will be getting filmed and it can be edited, cut, etc. Um, some people in the public are really hoping you fuck up. Not, not the majority by any means, a very small percentage, but some of them are really hoping you stuff something up. So just keep that in the back of your mind. Um, the next um, negative or con is paperwork. There's, I know some place in the States, it's a lot better, but there is a crazy amount of paperwork that needs to be done. Um, and this also comes comes under ass covering, like do the paperwork to do the job properly. Because if you don't, it will fucking bite you on the ass. Um, you will get into shit over it. Take a lot of notes. Um, and the last one, and then, and there's probably more than this, but this is just ones that I've I've thought of that are probably the main points for me when I was in. Um, you're only seeing people on their worst days. Um, now, because you only see people on the worst days, it's hard to see the best of people sometimes. Um, and you do start to think people are just shit. Um, Something I something I used to do was I'd always be conscious because you got to remember, right? You're always dealing with two percent of the population, like the same fucking people are always rocking up. Now, something I used to do, I'd always be conscious of what happened with someone last time, but I'll treat every encounter as a new encounter. So, say we arrested Jason, right? Sorry, there any Jasons out there, but say say you arrested Jason, right? On Monday and he was drug alcohol affected he put up a fight didn't want to go with you you know and then he gets bailed then two months later you run into Jason again maybe he's committed another offense maybe it's just a general running to him in the street and you're having a chat to him now I wouldn't I wouldn't be mean to him I would not talk down to him etc because of what happened in our dealings last time that you know we had to go hands-on maybe try to fight us 
that's going to be in the back of my mind just for pure safety reasons and it, as it should be. But I'm going to treat this encounter with him. It's like, oh, hey, you're a different person now. I'm going to treat him like that. I'm going to talk to him in a respectful manner, right? Until he until he loses that respect or does something, obviously, then you need to take action. But I wouldn't treat him or talk to him like shit because of what happened last time. I'll keep that in the back of my mind for safety purposes. But I would treat that encounter as a new encounter. Give him a new opportunity, um, you know, because I guarantee, you know, last time you spoke to him, they were drug or alcohol affected and they could be a completely different person. Like I've met heaps of people when I was in the job that, you know, when they're drug or alcohol affected are just fucking assholes, like just wanting to punch on just really nasty people. And then you speak to them or talk to them or deal with them when they're sober and they're lovely. They're someone you'd probably go have a beer with. Um, so just, that was just something I would do. I treat every encounter as a new one. Um, but that's one of the cons, definitely. You, you, you're only really seeing people on their worst days. Um, now, some of the pros here, um, I'll talk about another five as well, just because five is a good number. Um, basically, some of them um, are the same the same kind of things as the cons. So first one's attending critical incidents. So one of the pros I liked about the job was attending critical incidents because, you know, you and this may sound a bit wanky, but you, you get to be the person that people look towards on their worst day. And I, I liked being that person. I liked being someone in the community that gets to help people when they are helpless and they feel helpless. Um, now, one of those, and it's just one of those things that kind of, you know, attending critical incidents means that outside of work, you know, you can still make an impact on the community and help people. Now this, I'll talk about this one time, um, the wife and I were driving home from, I don't know where we were. Anyways, we had the kids in the car and we go to turn at this intersection and there's people are kind of stopped, this car stopped, these people are gathered around and we drive past and see this guy that's on the ground bleeding from the head. And there's people standing around kind of like in shock, not knowing what to do. So we pulled up um, a little bit further up and, you know, we had the kids in the car, so the wife stayed with the car. She's a cop as well. Um, oh, sorry, I'm not I'm not a cop anymore, just so you know. I made that sound like I am still serving. Um, she still is, but basically she stayed in the in the car with the kids and I went over and just, you know, found out what happened, provided first aid to the guy that was on the ground, kind of um, got the roads blocked off, took a bit of control of the scene um, until ambulance got there now. One of the one of the pros I see is like attending critical incidents all the time. I could walk in, you know, deal with that critical incident outside of work and be helpful to the general public because I you attend that stuff every day. You see that stuff. So it's not like you're not in shock. There were people standing around just like in shock, didn't know what to do, um, had never been in that position before. So I really enjoyed being able to be there in that position, in that scenario, you know, and being able to help um you know, help people when they need it. I really, really do enjoy that. Um, enjoy that about the job and enjoy, you know, being able to do do that when I when I can if I'm off duty, you know, if you see something, being able to step in and help out. Um, so one of the other pros also is shift work. Um, you know, you, you get to drop the kids off and pick them up at school. You know, you, you the amount of times I go to school and drop the kids off and pick them up, you know, and you see the same mums there every single day. You never see the dads there. Um, you know, and I know it's very, very gender, probably not the right thing to say this day and age, but fuck it, you know. It's you don't have that normal nine to five job where you're you're not there 
to drop the kids up or pick them up from pick them up from school. You know, you're able to be there on those random times and be able to help out at school if you need to. Um, you know, you get to go to places with the kids like the zoo or, you know, or out with, with mates when it's not the weekend and packed and, you know, that's if your kids aren't in school in school yet. But we always took advantage of that. We were always going to the zoo during, you know, midweek with the kids before they started school because it was great. There was no one there. You know, you pretty much had the whole place to yourself. So shift working on one side can be a con, but I also find it's a it's a bigger pro for me and I'm used to it now. I've been doing it for years. So I think it works in well with our lifestyle and the way we we raise our kids and spend time with our kids. Um, another good pro is mates. So you really do make lifelong friends in the job. Um, you know, nothing brings people together like going to a critical incident, you know, being in that really shit position together. Um, yeah, it connects people in a way that really doesn't if you're working a nine to five. Um, yeah, you share things, you know, you get to learn things about, about the person you work with that you would never, never know or see working that nine to five, like people, you really open up to each other on the job. I think, um, I think you have to in a way because you do, you do see some pretty bad shit and you go to some pretty bad jobs. So, yeah, it's just connecting in a way that generally in a normal job, you wouldn't connect with people the way you do, um, being a copper. Um, so another one is generally everyone loves you and loves the work that you do. Um, you just, the issue is, all right, you, you only deal with 2% of the population that generally hate you. Um, the majority respect you and think you're doing an amazing job. You just really, you just rarely hear about it. It's one of those things where, you know, you're doing your job, you're keeping people safe, you're locking up bad guys. People just go, well, yeah, that's your fucking job. You should be doing that. Whereas on the flip side and you make a mistake or you are the people you're dealing with, you're locking up, they fucking hate you, you know? So just understand that generally the majority of people, a good 95 to 98% of the population love you. You're doing amazing work. Think you're doing amazing work. You're doing an amazing job. It's just the 2% that don't like you and hate you, you're dealing with them all the fucking time. So it, it may feel like that at times that no one likes you, you know, because those are the people that you're dealing with. Um, so this is probably could also be a con as well, but I'll put it down as a pro, but you, you get to see a side of life that not many people do. Um, you know, you see, you see people at their worst, you know, people that are drug addicts. And, and, and the thing is, I, I do not for one second ever think that a, a drug addict wants to be a drug addict. Like no one, no one grows up going, Oh, I want to be a drug addict when I'm older. It's something that happens out of circumstances or poor choices or whatever it is. But, you know, you get to see that side of life that many people don't, I guess the bad side of life. And I think what this does, it really makes you appreciate what you have, you know, your, your friends, your family, your health, your job. Um, it just makes you see life in a totally different perspective and being able to do that and seeing the bad side of life really makes you appreciate what you have. But I think it also makes you not stress or not get so down about smaller, smaller parts that may affect other people that don't get to, don't get to see that shit side of, of people. Um, I don't know how else to explain that really, but 
if you if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, it just really makes you appreciate what you have and makes you not stress the small stuff, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, so that was a really good question. Thank you for that. Um, so the next one's um, from, and just sorry, just on talking about that, like the pros and cons and my experience in the job, like I'm an open book. If you've got a question, send it through to me. I'll answer it 100% for you. Okay. I've got, um, you know, any, any question you've got, I'll, I'll, I'll answer it. Um, next one's from Nick. Um, hey mate, what is the best way to try and start up the fitness side of things? Wanted to apply next year. So I need to get myself into gear. So at the moment it's August. So we're looking at about six months, um, till you kind of start. So I know everyone says this and it's a bit of a fucking throwaway, but just start basically just put one foot in front of the other and get started. Um, don't overthink it. Um, you know, ju just start with training with a good mix of strength and cardio. Um, at the moment, don't think oh, I need to, I need to be on a really specific program right now from the get go. Um, depending on where your current fitness levels are. Yes, that would be very advantageous, but don't overthink it. Just put it into action. Just start training. Just put your shoes on, go for a run. Don't think oh, I need to get a gym membership first. Or I need to start eating healthy first, or I've got a holiday coming up. So I'll, I'll train after the holiday. Just fucking start now. Put your shoes on, go for a run, do some push-ups. Just get started. That's all you need to do. Um, set yourself some short-term and long-term goals. Um, you know, targets around consistency is always a good one. So say you want to set a 12-week block where you're training, doing five sessions a week. So what's that? You're getting in 60 sessions over that 12 weeks. So just set some goals around that and track it. You know, your fitness levels... Maybe you want to do, um, you know, the fitness test, which is a great idea and track that, do that every two to four weeks. Maybe you want to do a one kilometer run and see what you do and then track that and try and try and beat it each time. Um, but the biggest thing is tracking. Um, I really want to emphasize the tracking component. It will keep your head in the game and keep you focused on your training. Um, you know, if you are applying for the police, do, do a practice fitness test for the you know, where you're applying for, find out what the fitness is, do a practice one, you know, redo it every two to four weeks. You can track where you are, you know, although you might not be on a specific program to start off with that's targeting the fitness test, maybe just on a general, you know, fitness program, um, still make sure you're testing, redo the test every two to four weeks, just so you can track and give yourself a good idea. You know, it's good to monitor where you're at. You know, you, you don't want to, what you don't want to do is just do a pure strength program for six months and then have no cardio or vice versa you know you, you you suddenly get to your testing day or a couple of weeks out and you're like fuck i haven't worked on my conditioning or cardio at all for the last six months i'm in a really shit position right now um you know get yourself a good base then you can start transitioning to a more specialized program if you want or start for a specialized program straight away whatever you need but just don't overthink it just get started you know um, you know, depending on your fitness levels, you know, if you do want to transition from a general program to a specific program targeted at your fitness test, you know, that can be three to six months out, depending on your fitness levels, you know, and you, you would know how far out you need to start really specializing, you know, if you are tracking your fitness, if you are tracking your, you know, your practice fitness test. Um, so just something to think about there. I always tell applicants when they come into my groups, when I talk to them, if they don't know what they are scoring on the current fitness test for the area they're trying to get into. I tell them straight away, go to a practice fitness test so you know exactly where you're at.
so that's another great question there. Um, so the next one here, what I'm going to talk about is supplements. So this one's from Inverno. Hopefully I'll pronounce that uh, right. <clears throat> Basically, could you please address the effects of supplements such as creatine? Um, I've recently decided to incorporate creatine to aid in muscle growth, but have a hard time trying to incorporate it. Discuss your favorite subs and how you like to consume them. Um, so basically, um, so just to start off with um, creatine, I have done a talk about creatine in the past, but just so you're aware of WebMD, basically uh, creatine is thought to improve strength, increase lean muscle mass, and help the muscles recover more quickly during exercise. Uh, this muscular boost may help athletes achieve bursts of speed and energy, especially during short bouts of high intensity activities such as weightlifting or sprinting. However, scientific research on creatine has been mixed. Although some studies have found that it does help improve performance during short periods of athletic activity, there is no evidence that creatine helps with endurance sports. Research also shows that not everyone's muscles respond to creatine. Some people who use it often see no benefit at all. So that's just off WebMD about creatine. So I know some people, um, you know, can get confused around it or what it's designed to do. So basically what I'll talk about is what I take, why I take it and how I take it. So the first one's protein. Um, I take a, it's like a whey protein isolate or concentrate um i can't remember what it is right now but basically i find it does help with my muscle recovery and i know at times i do not consume enough protein um, depending on my diet so by taking a protein shake every day I, it just ensures i do get enough protein in um, at the moment i'll only have one scoop um, and i take it in my morning shake so sometimes I might have a shake in the afternoon, depending on what I've eaten throughout the day and how much I've eaten. I may have two, but generally I just have the one shake. Um, creatine, I find it does help um, with recovery for myself. I just take it in powder form. Um, in the morning uh, with my shake, I do notice it does make me retain a bit of fluid though. So I do need to make sure I'm drinking enough, um, enough water. I do with protein and creatine, I do notice a difference in recovery when I stop taking these. Um, just does take me a little bit longer to recover. Uh, greens powder is the next one. I find I find this does help more around the mindset side um, of things for myself. It's just just a it's it's just a bit of a physical reminder for me to consume more greens when I am taking it. Um, I have no doubt that it does have a positive effect, but I don't notice it when I don't take it. Um, like I said, with protein and creatine, I definitely notice my recovery time is longer when I'm not taking it. With greens powder, I don't notice this, um, but I do notice when I am taking it, my nutrition is better throughout the day because I'm more mindful about what I'm consuming. Um, and I just have that in my morning shake as well. Now, this next bit's probably going to, um, you know, the hardcore supplement guys will probably cringe a little bit and hate me for this, but for the protein, creatine, and greens, what I do is I place 20 servings of each into a big container and I mix it all together. And then in the morning, I just have one and a third scoops per shake. Um, so what happens is, right, not each serving 
is going to be even. So not each serving is going to have the right serving amount of protein, creatine, or greens in it. But it makes me a lot more consistent as I'm not trying to, like in the morning, I'm not trying to remember to get three different containers out to put a scoop into my shaker to shake it and then having it fucking spill everywhere, which happens every time. Um, you know, what? it just brings a lot of consistency in with my, with my taking of the supplement. Um, now, creatine, for example, they're generally recommended you take it before or straight after training. Um, you know, generally I'll have my shake first thing in the morning um, or if I'm training first thing in the morning, I'll have it straight after. So if I'm having my shake first thing in the morning, I'm not training until the afternoon or evening. Obviously, now I've had my creatine well before I'm going to train. So it's not the perfect time to have it, but having it in the morning beats not having it at all. So that's something I've done, which has helped a lot with my consistency around my supplements. Um, yeah, and realistically, I haven't noticed a difference in my training recovery. Um, I actually think my my recovery has been better because I'm more consistent with my supplements now. Although I'm not taking it specifically at the time you're meant to take it, um, because I am taking it, it's 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 meaning my recovery is a lot better. Now, the last thing I take is a test booster. Oh, I cycle on and off this. Um, I do find um, my recovery is slightly better um, when I am taking it, but it's not as much of a difference as I find with the creatine or protein. I really do notice those two, but I do notice it um, nonetheless. Now, the other thing I do, and I, I wanted to talk about this, was um, I do find it works. Um like I notice when I'm taking it in the mornings, um, I'm a lot more excited about the day. Kind of like when you're 17 years old, excited about the day, if you know what I mean. Um, so that's how I, one of the indicators that I do know it is increasing my test levels. Um, yeah, just excited to start the day. <laughs> so all, all my supplements are based uh, from bulk nutrients in Australia. I'm not affiliated with them at all. I just find they're, the supplements are good, they work, they taste good, and they're um, really easy on the wallet. They're really well priced, um, pretty much straight from the um, straight from the distributor. Um, you know, they don't have shop fronts or anything like that, so they can keep their costs low. It's all online. Um, so yeah, bulk nutrients is what I recommend to clients um, or what I recommend for them to check out. Um, so the next one I won't spend too much time on. It's very specific to New South Wales applicants. Um, so this one's from Chris. How long do people recommend to take time off work to prepare for the ADPP and physical test? So the ADPP is just basically a component of um, getting into the New South Wales Police Force. Uh, session one is online and session two is at the academy. So they do things a little bit differently over there. Um, basically, people have recommended for session one when it's online. Um, you can be working part-time for the online component. Um, basically for the physical side of it, um, you, you should be able to manage it with what you're working at the moment. As long as you're on a well-structured training program and you start early, um, if your fitness levels are really low and you're really struggling to pass your practice fitness tests, um, then you need to get started a lot earlier. Don't be, I was talking to a lot of people and they're like, I'm just going to focus on my study. And then once I've done the study, I'm going to focus on my fitness. It's too fucking late. All right. Make sure you're focusing on all of them from the start. Uh, the next one's from Jeff. I'm struggling with the plank 
Um, what's the easiest way to ensure good form over the period requires, whether it's a minute, minute and a half, two minutes plank. Um, basically, the most common issue I see with the plank is people dipping the lower back. So think about if your back is straight like in a plank, you're dipping your lower back so your belly button's kind of pushing towards the ground. Um, so basically, that's just going to make you super weak. Um what you want is a straight line from your heels, the back of your legs, through your bum, through your back, up to your shoulders, exactly like a plank of wood. Okay, so if you had a plank of wood and you lifted it up at one end, that's exactly how your body should look like. Um, so one of the coaching cues I, I give people is to bring their um, bring their you know their lower back up in line because generally that's the the common issue is pull your belly button into your spine. Um, what that does is it creates your, it makes your core solid without tensing hard and fatiguing, just pulling your belly button into your spine. Um, another thing is to squeeze your thighs, but don't over tense them because you don't want to fatigue yourself. Um, and just practice them. Playing some of those exercises where you need to practice them, like push-ups, pull-ups, etc. Like You can do a thousand lap pull-downs, but you still need to be doing pull-ups to get better at pull-ups. Um, so planks are one of those things as well. Another thing you can do is do them so you're side onto a mirror. So, you know, every say 15 seconds, just glance over, check your form, make sure your body's nice and, um, nice and straight. You, you know, your stomach's not dipping, not pushing your ass up too high in the air. Um, you know, those are just a couple of ones there. So think about, you know, that straight line from your shoulders, through your bum, through the back of your leg to your heels. All right. Make sure you're your body is not dipping, your lower back's not dipping, you're not pushing your, your belly button towards the ground, you know, pull your belly button in towards your spine and just do it in front of a mirror to the side so you can check every you know, 15 to 20 seconds to make sure you're in the right position or another alternative is to film it um, just so you can check your form afterwards. So the next one was from Corey. It's just a uh, question if I was currently serving in the Queensland Police. So I run a few Facebook groups, obviously, with Queensland Police, um, South Australian Police, New South Wales Police, and then I have my general training group, which has people from all around the world. Um, so I'll just talk about my history quickly. I've spoken about this in the past. I'll just quickly cover it. Uh, basically, I'm ex-Victorian police. Um, I spent four and a half years full-time in the infantry, um, then another seven years in the reserves as an instructor. I joined the Army straight out of school, um, did a couple of deployments. Um, from there, I went into Victoria Police where I did five and a half years, um, where I finished up with the CERT, which is Critical Incident Response Team. Um, and then I moved over to the Fireys and I've been a firefighter for six and a half years now. Um, so that's just basically my little history there because it came up as a question. Um, the next one's from Rainy. Um, how do I get off the sugar addiction, lollies, cakes, etc.? Since giving up smoking, I'm eating a lot daily. Um, she's trying to, but it's harder than her other addictions to get off. Um, she never has sugar in any drinks or cereal or anything like that. Um, she needs a hip replacement. She's on the list. She's on morphine patches plus other pain relief. Um, could that be what's making you eat so many sugars? Yes, it could be. Um, she did go to the gym before her hip, um, but basically she needs a hip re hip surgery and knee reconstruction. Um, and she needs to lose weight, <laughs> but the lollies and cakes are making it hard. Um, her words, not mine. <clears throat> Basically, I just first want to take all medical conditions out of this. Okay, 
um, speak to your doctor if you've got medical conditions, etc. You know, speak to your doctor about this. But taking all that out of it, this is what I recommend um, with people that you know have sugar cravings, etc. I recommend reduce, substitute, and eliminate. So how we do that is I use coffee as an example. Say you always have two sugars in your coffee, cut it down to you know one sugar for a week, then cut it down to half a sugar for a week. And that's the reducing part. Then we can substitute it with a sweetener, you know, for a week or two, and then we can eliminate it. So then we keep reducing down the sweetener and then we eliminate it completely. So same thing as cake. So first thing first, work out, you know, how, how many are you having per week? Maybe, maybe you're having one slice of cake per day, right? That's a lot. Now, maybe you go for two weeks and you reduce it down to half a slice per day. Then you go for two weeks of half a slice every second day then you might substitute it for a cake that's a bit healthier, maybe no sugar, et cetera. Um, you know, and you're having a half a slice every second day for that for two weeks, and then half a slice, um, you know, say you're having half a slice twice a week, and then you just reduce it down to nothing at all. So what I would recommend is a reducing method. So reduce, substitute, eliminate. You can try and go cold turkey as well. Um, that's also another method, you know, that might work for you. But just think about that, reduce, substitute, eliminate. Be deliberate about what you're putting in your mouth. Um, I changed up my mindset a few years ago. So basically, I eat food for energy for my body. You know, in my in my head, I don't classify cakes, lollies, etc., you know, chips as food. So I never think I'm hungry, I'll eat a cake or any junk because in my head it's not food. When I think, okay, I'm hungry, I need to eat food to fuel my body. That's the way I think about it. Um, and now I still have junk food from time to time and I'll enjoy it because I'm deliberate about it. Like the other night, I, I fucking ate half a cake, half a cake to myself. Now, if you're in Australia, you know those $4 um, Coles or Woolworths cakes are just like a mud fucking chocolate cake. We had a caramel one of those. The, um, the in-laws dropped it off when we had COVID. I basically ate half of that in one night to myself and I fucking loved every single second of it. But because I'm deliberate about it, you know, I don't do it every night. I'm when I want to have a bit of cake, I'll have a bit of cake, but I know I can control it, you know. Um I never I never ever eat junk food thinking, okay, I'm eating this to fuel my body. I'm eating junk food because I want to, because I enjoy it in that time. Um, you know, but I never eat it to fuel my body. Um so just change your mindset, change your mindset around it. Go change your mindset to, I eat food to fuel my body and then redefine what you classify as food. So I'll say that again, because I think it's important and it's what I did, which helped a lot. Change your mindset to, I eat food to fuel my body and then redefine what you classify as food. And I think that'll go a long way to helping you. Um, the next one I'm going to talk about is just uh another kind of specific one from cameron what is the pso component like this is for queensland police so a pso is protective services officer basically what they do or the recruitment process for them is assessment day there's just an aptitude test or cognitive assessment test um like a group interview and then you do like a the next stage is a panel interviews, psychological assessment, and then vetting. There's no fitness test that I could find. Um, basically, what a PSO does, they provide security services to government buildings. Um, their powers are they can demand identification, examine entrance and belongings. 
uh, seize prescribed matter, um, evict offenders, and detain offenders. So we have PSOs here in Victoria as well. Um, you know, some people do use it as a stepping stone to get into the police if they do get knocked back from the police the first time. Um, they they sometimes go to do PSO PSO role for a few years, strengthen their application, then reapply again. Um, so I won't spend any more time on that. It's very specific for that area. Um, the next one's from Quiz, uh, Quiz, Chris, sorry. Um, question, as an older applicant, maintaining physical endurance whilst reducing risk of injury. So basically you need to, as you get older, you need to put a heavier focus on nutrition and recovery. Um, I think majority of people played sports and you remember as a junior, like you fucking never warmed up and you never cooled down and you were fine the next day. Like that was never an issue. And, and have you ever tried that shit as, as an adult? Like it, it doesn't end well. Um, so it just goes as you get older and older, you need to put a heavier emphasis and focus on warming up, cooling down and that recovery. Um, some things do come into play, you know, you know, as I said, you know, focusing on doing full warmups, you know, full cool downs, making sure your recovery is on point, your foam rolling, stretching, you need to be really consistent with that. And even more so consistent as you get older, um, you know, depending on where your fitness levels are at, you know, say, say you're already passing the beep test or 1.5 mile run or whatever your fitness test is, you know, maybe you don't need to go out there and smash your running three times a week. Maybe, you know, if you are a bit older and you're you're struggling to for your recovery and you're already passing your fitness test, maybe you just need to do that one to two runs a week so you are maintaining and improving your fitness, you know, and then the other one to two sessions per week can just be that deliberate cardio sessions, whether it's by another method, you know, swimming, rowing, riding. But, you know, maybe if you're a bit older, you don't need to particularly be out there, you know, hitting three hard running sessions a week, you know, at, if your fitness is not where it needs to be, then yes, you, you do need to do that. You really need to focus on your recovery. But if you are already passing your, your fitness test and maybe you just need to can tone it back a bit with your running, you know, so you're still getting your three cardio sessions in a week, you know, one to two runs, and then maybe one to two deliberate cardio with swimming, rowing, riding, just manage your workload. Um, so the next question is from... Montana. So any tips for improving breathing when doing freestyle? So I'm not a swimmer. Um, so this is just stuff that I have just researched um, to give you some advice. So basically when, when swimming freestyle, it's important to learn bilateral breathing. So being able to be, breathe on the left side and on the right side. Um, and the other thing is too, you're, you should, shouldn't breathe by lifting your head straight up and facing forward is out to the side. Um, and the suggestions are taking a breath every every third stroke. So basically, breathe left, right, left, breathe. Um, the other thing is too, it was important, <coughs> is just inhaling, uh, sorry, exhaling either through your mouth or nose. Um, me personally, I breathe out through my nose when I'm swimming. Um, so it should be just a slow, slow, constant breathe out as you're taking your three strokes and breathe in again through the mouth. And then slow breathing out as you're taking your three strokes and breathe in again. Um, so I hope that helps you. Um, if you look up breathing when doing freestyle, there are some videos and tips and stuff that you can look at if you want to go into it a bit further. 
Um, if you are really struggling with the breathing, um, I would suggest doing that. Um, but that, that's as far as I go with it. I'm really not a swimming coach. Um, and just on that too, like if you do need help with your swimming, um, like anything, I suggest you get a coach. Um, go down to your local pool and, and you know, just <coughs> hire a swimming coach for three, four sessions, whatever you need to make sure that you're a competent enough swimmer to pass your swimming test if, if you have that um, within your application process. <coughs> but like anything, if, you, if you're unsure or about it and it's something you need to get better at, um, the quickest and best way to get better at it is by hiring a coach. Someone that's done there, done it before, um, knows what they're doing and can give you the exact methods to do what you need to. Uh, the next one's from Maddie. All right, so this is the last one for today. Um, and this is one of my favorite ones to talk about. Um, so it's from Maddie. How important is it to maintain your fitness level once serving? I know this sounds like a straightforward question, but from my knowledge, there is no regular annual fitness test or standard that needs to be met once you have passed the academy. Also, allowing your fitness to sleep once you've gotten in and are a current serving officer, what boundaries and challenges are you faced with? Personally, I feel, it's still part of the question, personally, I feel like people get fit and train for the fitness test and then let it slip once they're in. Would love to hear your perspective on this. So, yes, you are 100% correct. So, majority of police forces don't, do not have a regular fitness test once uh, people are in, but if they do have a regular fitness test, it's generally laughably low. So it is not something that is hard. Um, yeah, you could have a really low level of fitness and still pass it. Um, this, I'm not talking about the interest test. I'm talking about some places that have an ongoing fitness test. Um, for the majority of it, it's laughably low and it's not even, they may as well not even have one basically. So you're right, it is important to maintain your health you know, and this is this is something I could rant about all day long or talk about all day long. Now, what I'm about to say, it may offend some people. And if it does, have a look in the mirror and ask yourself why it does offend you. Um, also, there's a bit of an asterisk in front of this, okay? The, there are people out there struggling with PTSD and other physical issues and, and fitness is not their priority, nor should it be. Okay, yes, training does help with your mental health, but... You know, maybe that's just going for a walk or staying active. Maybe it's not, you're not doing anything that's going to push your fitness in the right direction in a big movement, but it's just maybe you're just going for walks or staying active. Okay, so this isn't this isn't aimed at those people, okay? So before anyone fucking sends me a message, because whenever I say shit like this, I always get a message with someone having a cry. Um, you know, before I say that, I just wanted to cover that off. Okay, I'm not talking about... You know, if you're struggling, if you put on weight because you're struggling with PTSD or you're on PTSD medication and you put on weight, etc., this is not talking about you. You've got other things that are your priority and this should not be. Um, as I said, yeah, training helps, but maybe for you that's just stretching or staying active or just something that's keeping your mind active and, you know, keeping the blood flowing through your body, you know. And the other thing is too, as you age, yeah, your fitness will decline, okay, you you're not going to get like you need inspectors out there that are probably unhealthy or not that fit, you know, or maybe they are healthy, but they're just not that fit because they're older. And okay, that's that's going to happen as well. Okay, so what I talk about and these levels, like it's not that's not what you should be at your whole career. I'm talking about like getting in, 
and then like two, three, four, five, ten years later, you know, this is what I'll talk about. It's aimed at those people who are just plain lazy and don't give a shit. Don't give a shit about how, you know, it, how effective of a team member they are. You know, they don't care and they just go, oh, no, it's okay. I carry a gun, right? This is aimed at those fucking people and, you know, and, and those people really, really piss me off because they can make a change. They just choose not to. Yeah, and I'm not saying that everyone needs to be benching 100 kilos or 220 pounds for those over in the States. You know, you don't need to run a kilometer in under four minutes, etc. You don't need to have a crazy level of fitness. And this isn't what I'm talking about, okay? But your level of fitness should be higher than the average person on the street, okay? It should be a level above everyone else. So a few reasons for this is, and this one I'll talk about, all right? First thing, safety, okay? Firstly, you pose a risk to the safety of your partner, to yourself and to the public. So you you go and, you know, people people pull the, oh, the adrenaline will get me through. But if you've got a shit level of fitness, your adrenaline's only going to get you to a little bit better than a shit level of fitness. Like it's not going to suddenly make you this fucking elite athlete because you got a bit of adrenaline in your body so that's something i wanted to fucking touch off her sorry for swearing so much this shit just gets me fired up eh? <laughs> it just fucking annoys me um so basically like you're getting into a wrestle okay with an offender and not and not being physically fit enough to make any impact on the arrest you know being in a position where you have to follow like a canine to track an offender only to be out of breath and struggling to make any impact assisting in an arrest of what is potentially a very violent offender. Okay, that that's fine if you want to be below average and put yourself at risk, but never put your partner at risk, okay? Because And there's people out there and you'll see them, they're just fucking lazy and they're doing nothing to make themselves better when be, a part of being a copper is being, is being fit and being able to do the job, go hands-on, keep up with an offender, okay? It, it's all those things. Yeah, you know, the other thing is to the public's perception. People look people look to you in their time of need, you know, as a protector, as someone who can keep them from harm. You know, if if you're being that unhealthy, lazy cop that doesn't want to do anything, that's going to reflect, people can see that. People can see that in you. You know, the public will see you and think, you know, this person's not going to be able to do shit to protect me. You know, it may sound harsh, but I'm telling you that that's exactly what they are thinking, okay? Um, so that's another thing. It's the public's perception of you or the, or the uniform. It's not just about you. Like when you get into this job, you're representing the uniform, the organization. Okay. That, that's what you got to understand. Okay. So yeah, I could go on about this all day. <laughs> I'll move on. Um, you know, and, and the last thing too, like I fucking would have hated to think that when I was a cop, you know, and I would hate to think now still being a first responder, that something to happen, something was to happen to one of my partners, one of my teammates, or I was unable to help someone in need due to my level of health and fitness. Like I would fucking hate to have that on my shoulders. And, and yes, there will be times. There will be times regardless of how much you train, your level of fitness. You know, there's just nothing that can be done, like regardless of what level you're at. But but I would hate to look back at a job and think that due to my own neglect, someone was injured or worse, killed. Okay, so that's just my take on it. That's my opinion, okay? I just want to reiterate, I'm not talking... You know, if that if that has hit a chord with you, like, have a fucking look in the mirror and ask yourself, why? Why did that hit a chord to, to me? Maybe, could I be doing better? Could I be eating better? 
you know, could I be training better? Could I rock up and be a more effective team member? Okay. And I just want to reiterate, like I'm not talking about the people that are struggling with PTSD or medication that's, you know, halting their weight loss or making them gain weight or you know, those people that are aging in the workforce that are, you know, that their fitness is going downhill just because they're purely aging, you know. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the people that just think it's okay to be unhealthy, lazy just because they fucking carry a gun. Okay, it's not. It's not acceptable, and you shouldn't be happy with that. You shouldn't. You shouldn't accept that from your team members, and if that's you, you shouldn't accept it from yourself. Just be better. Okay, so I went on a bit of a rant there. Something, something I could talk about all day long. It gets me really fired up. Obviously, being in the fitness space myself, um, but you know, I just think so many people could be doing so much better, and just fucking kind of laugh it off, and just you know. I, I remember when I first started first started with the cops. So I had this fucking fat sergeant who goes to me and and I'm not having a crack because he was overweight. I'm having a crack because his fucking attitude towards it. Like he comes up to me and I'm pretty fit guy. I've always been a fit guy, you know, and he comes up to me and goes, oh, that won't last long. And he slaps himself in the belly. He goes, two kilos for every year, mate, two kilos for every year and just fucking giggles and then walks off like a fucking little wombat. All right, so it just annoyed me because in his mind, he wasn't doing anything to to improve his position. He just couldn't give a fuck because he's lazy. And I worked with him and he was lazy. All right, so those are the type of people I'm talking to. Like, just fucking do better. All right, and if you need help, like, yeah, you probably won't reach out to me now. But, you know, if you are, if you are one of those people that think, fuck, I should be doing better, you know, reach out. I'm here to help. Like, we've got all the information to give you to help you out. You just... You need to make that decision to do better and be better. Okay, so I'll end it on that one. Um, you know, thanks again to everyone who submitted questions. I will send you a message um, with the episode link with a discounted link to our membership site. Keep the questions rolling in. I do appreciate it. You guys make the podcast with your questions. So thank you again. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Police Fit Podcast. Now, I'm going to ask you to do what everyone else asks you to do as well. Can you please subscribe, like, and share the podcast? The more people we can get it in front of, the more people we can help. Now, on that too, if you've got any questions at all, please shoot me a message on Facebook. I'll cover it off in the podcast. I'll give you the most amount of information that I can. And please, if you need help with your fitness, training, mindset, anything, please reach out and ask me. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to help you out. You just need to ask. Thanks, guys.